Hello, and welcome to NASA's favorite comic oh. podcast. Is that true? I, you know, I have actually done some polling myself privately. I can't show you the data, but yes. You have space polls? I do. I actually want to see space balls, too. Um, I also have a copy of that. The search it's... for more money. <laughs> <laughs> Mel Brooks could pull it off, but that is neither here nor there, because this is the comic book podcast, not the movies sure. or spoof podcast. Sure. Although we could always have a, a multiverse, you know, alternate version of us that is doing it somewhere else. Right. The nightmare version of us. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. If you don't know, or if you're listening to this in the far future, this week, the Snyder Cut was released. It sure was. And uh, this may be the nightmare episode of the 115 <laughs> long episode run of yeah. this podcast. Yeah, and make no mistake, I will fucking kill you before the podcast <laughs> is over. I like how you said that with sincerity and seriousness. Yeah, yeah, I definitely wasn't laughing the whole time. <laughs> so yeah, my name is David Brooke. I'm here with Nathan Simmons. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I, uh, I have had two cups of coffee already. Nice, I have been nice. snuggling with a cat. Okay. I'm feeling right. great today. I like your pregame schedule. Um, I also snuggled <laughs> yeah. a cat. Yeah. If you have any cat vibes from the show, you know why now. Right, right. Yeah, cat dad vibes. Um, real talk, though, we will. Uh, we both have watched the Snyder Cut. We did. And uh, we're going to talk about it a little bit at the end of the show. Yes. Uh, but you guys gotta, we got some news first. We sure do. Yes, we're going to recap the biggest news of the week at the top of our list I don't know why it's coming out so early, but comic industry as a whole, I'm not sure Marvel or DC has released theirs yet, but free comic book day uh, announcements were coming out all week. Mm -hmm. If you go to freecomicbookday.com, you can actually see a list and with some cover art as well from all kinds of publishers like Aftershock, Archie. There's a couple of Marvel books in there too. Is there? Yeah, there's there's an Avengers Hulk one shot, and then I think... But I think they're going Venom. to be adding more that are supposed to be in the uh, previews catalog uh, mm-hmm. at the end of the month. Yeah, because the solicits were coming out this week also, mm-hmm. and for both DC and Marvel, and those are for June. Why Why August so early? I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting. I'm just happy that, uh, you know, Free Comic Book Day exists this year. <laughs> no, you're so right. Usually Free Comic Book Day is in April. Mm-hmm. So obviously it was pushed likely because of the pandemic and the fact that mm-hmm. we all will probably be vaccinated by August. So that's good. Fingers crossed. But yeah, there's some cool stuff in here. Um, for instance, Enter the House of Slaughter from Boom Studios is going to uh, play on James Tinian's um, series that I'm mm-hmm. completely blanking on. What the hell was it called? <laughs> which Oh, uh, which uh, one? The, uh... the Erica Slaughter is the main character and it's going to be... Uh, showing us how there are other characters like her that are monster hunters. Ah, okay, right on. Uh, so yeah. it's like expanding on that universe. Nice. There's a, uh, yeah, there's a Blade Runner one shot that looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a space pirate Captain Harlock, which is a character I will always think is super rad. Uh, there's a there's a one shot for him. Uh, yeah, there's there's some really cool stuff coming up, and then, of course you know some. Uh, reprints like there's a reprint of the boys hero gasm number one vampirella number one uh, you know a mm-hmm. bunch of stuff to kind of get people excited about upcoming trades and and adaptations and some cool stuff it's interesting every year marvel has a spider-man venom free comic book day comic i think at least for at least the last three years now yeah. um it's like a it's just like it's a must for them um well it's yeah it's also just like uh, of course like you you bank on you know some of your most uh 
recognizable characters, especially since this is meant to like kind of incentivize people to start coming to their LCS uh, regularly. Yeah. I remember it it worked on me before. I the I fell out of comics for a while, like or at least collecting them regularly, and then the Future's End one shot grabbed me like hardcore and and then within, you know, a couple of months I had like the this huge pull list. So it's mm, it's a right. it's a proven concept. <laughs> it is, yeah. Image also has um a stray dog story uh yeah. that will actually be a prologue to the main uh, story. So that's cool. Yeah, I I really loved that first issue, so I'm I'm looking forward to checking out how that fleshes things out. It's it's basically a way to like get people interested in what's going on, and sometimes they just reprint what's already out. But in, mm-hmm. in the cases where you get like a new original story, I think that's the best way to kind of capture people's interest in something. Oh, the other one that I think looks awesome is the All Star Judge Dread, which it looks like an anthology book mm. with Al Ewing, Rob Williams, John Higgins, Simon Fraser. Like I. It's an all-star, you know, lineup of talent too. Yeah, Casper Wizengard from um, Yeah, Homesick Pilots. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm surprised they didn't get Frank Miller to do this one. All-star. <laughs> and then Judge Dredd just paints like one of the baddies yellow, and he's like, "Right, oh, sorry, never mind." Breaks their trachea. <laughs> I mean that, you know, that that wouldn't be the craziest thing to happen in a Judge Dredd book. That is true. That is true. They they push it to the to the furthest limit sometimes. Yeah. In other news, uh, Kickstarter has partnered with Bookshop.org in a new deal which should stoke comic sales, according to Newsarama. So th- there's some interesting publisher news going on. This is one of them. Another is the fact mm-hmm. that uh, Simon, Simon and Schuster has signed new deals with almost every indie publisher under the sun. Right. Um, all of which is to help sales. Now, here's the interesting thing mm-hmm. about this news. Um Basically, you can get books in a different way, right? So there's mm-hmm. just more revenues coming, revenue funding coming in. I have to wonder, and this goes along with Simon and Schuster's news that they've signed deals with Ahoy, AWA, mm-hmm. and Heavy Metal. Uh, Diamond Books usually is the one that is, um, you know, uh, shipping and s- setting up the trade paperback collections mm-hmm. across the world uh, in bookshops. They are now moving away from Diamond Books. Mm-hmm. Is this uh, just one more step away from Diamond owning the entire market now that DC Comics doesn't use them? I think that's absolutely what's happening. The, I think the pandemic uh, especially really proved how uh, unsustainable it was to have a, you know, such a, a mon- for them to have such a monopoly on the market. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people got screwed over within the last year or so. Um and I, I don't, uh, it's interesting to see how people are kind of, how the industry is kind of uh, uh, looping back around to more like self-sufficient and and more altruistic uh, avenues to put out their books. Uh, you, you know, it, it, like we, we've talked about this before, there's always this narrative that, oh, the comics industry is dead now. And it's like, no, they're just going to find another way. And, mm-hmm. you know, bookshop.org uh, you know, sends a lot of the, I think most of the profits of purchases to independent bookstores, mm-hmm. which it basically facilitates uh, bookstore, independent bookstores getting sales, even if that's like not their stock, which is kind of amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just, it's helping keep these businesses afloat. Yeah, it really is. In, in a time when like companies like Amazon are just crushing 
um, every right. single bookstore known to man. Right. <laughs> I, as a former employee of Borders, uh, yes, I, I oh, feel yeah. you there. <laughs> There's a little bit of your heart that broke that day when Borders had to close. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> this is cool news too. Kickstarter has has been a means for uh, private creators to sell their story ideas (laughs) and the story ideas that they own. Now, of course, we've seen Boom kind of enter this area and play around and make a million Mm -hmm. dollars. But for the most part, it's creators with good ideas getting funded because of fans like you who are listening right now who want to support something that they believe in or support a creator they believe in. So that's cool. Yeah. Uh, in other news, so most of the rest of the show is going to, or in the news anyway, is going to be about new series announcements. Um, Dark Horse announced Black yeah. Hammer Reborn. It's coming out in June. And uh, this is one is written by Jeff Lemire, who is the Black Hammer guy, right? He's the creator of it, co-creator of it, um, along with uh, Dean Ormston. And this is a, a new series set in this mm-hmm. not-so-distant future in the universe. So it's cool that he's going back to creating this because he has taken a little bit of a break from black hammer uh with a couple different series written oh, by others right, that's right doing like spin-off um, stories yeah and stuff. it's interesting because uh you know we we've uh, i have yet to read the original black hammer i've only on the read the justice league crossover is, the the black hammer line is kind of scaled back majorly less you know mini series and side stories so there's more of a feeling that this is going to matter even more in the grand scheme of things mm-hmm. i gotta say this uh, variant cover that Lemire did uh, that's that's homaging uh, the the Simonson Beta Ray Bill cover smashing the logo looks really cool yeah. and is like an immediate way to get this like a, a nerd like me excited about this story. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it features Caitlin, a new character mm-hmm. for the universe. They also promise a bunch of familiar characters like Skulldigger and Black Hammer showing up in this one. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Uh, Dark Horse also revealed that Norse mythology is continuing with Norse Mythology 2. <laughs> what a great title. It's a good, cover. It's a good title. Yeah, it's to the point. This is a, this is a, okay, so this is a series that's adapted from a book uh-huh. uh, Neil Gaiman wrote, which is just his take, I guess, or I guess you call it his take mm-hmm. on Norse mythology. So it's, it's like his adaptation of mythology now being adapted into comics, right. uh, mostly by P. Craig Russell. He's doing the scripting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this second series offers quite a cool, quite a bunch of cool creators mm-hmm. on art. The original series also had great creators, but this one has Gabriel Walta, um, Matt Horick, Mark Buckingham, and uh, Sandy Jarrell. So yeah, I'm excited that this is continuing. Did you read this series at all, the original one? I, I read the book. I haven't read the the comic series, but uh, I'm I'm really fascinated by the the kind of. Uh collage approach on the cover art i wonder if that's going mm. to continue on because this this section uh i guess norse mythology norse mythology norse mythology is hard to say i didn't realize that until <laughs> just now the greek's not the same <laughs> um no- north misogyny <laughs> oh wow i'd read that norse no one no no one should read that norse mythology too <laughs> is going to go into the the origin of poetry um, so mm. I think in, uh, the, the idea that the fact that this cover art, uh, incorporates mixed media and like writing in a really interesting way, um, has me really mm-hmm. excited to see how they're going to like visualize this in the book. Yeah. The sixth issue of the first series came out last week. Uh, mm-hmm. it was drawn by Jill Thompson and it's light, it's a light kind of thing. I mean, it's, these are old stories that are, are some of which are really simple. Right. 
you know, it's like Thor lo- loses his hammer and Loki helps him find it. Right. Like, it's not like super in-depth, dark, edgy storytelling that we like to see in our movies that right. are four, four plus hours long. But it's nice to see these stories told in a in a more accessible format. I feel like some people, you know, it, it's funny. When I was a kid, I got really into Arthurian legend and I found so yeah. much of it. Uh, hard to read because it was you know old English and like all you know there there mm-hmm. were all these different yeah. takes on it and and so seeing some like someone put it in comic book form or you know I probably watched a scout Excalibur like you know ten times when I was a kid <laughs> you know it, yeah. it, stuff like that can really help as a as a gateway for people to to really get into these stories that they might otherwise find too stuffy to 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 read so true. Now I want to see Zack Snyder's uh, adaptation of North uh, Norse mythology. Honestly, I'd watch it. <laughs> uh, next up in the news, um, Dark Horse has announced Parasomnia. It's kind of hard to say uh, by Cullen Bunn and Andrea <laughs> Muti. This is coming out in June as well. Yeah. Um, so this is a, a horror series from Cullen Bunn. Surprise, surprise! If you uh, didn't listen to our show, what was it? Two weeks ago now, uh-huh. we talked about his upcoming Shadow Man book, which is also like a horror. But also a superhero book. But this one uh, sounds pretty cool. It's a four-issue series. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a fantasy epic full of heroes and villains, mystery and horror. Yeah, horror is just like having like the best time of its life in comics. It really is. Yeah, and, three and years. I feel like this must be one of the you know one of the projects that he said he he couldn't talk about just yet. Uh, but I yes. Am so hype about this. It's a it seems like a, a mystery cult story. Uh, something about the land of dreams. Like there's, I, I'm really curious to see just how bonkers this gets. Right. And it's four issues too. So it's not yeah. a, a huge ass to add it to your pull. Yeah, for sure. Parasomnia. I keep thinking of Paranorman, which was a pretty good movie. Paranorman rules. If you guys yeah. haven't watched <laughs> it recently, go back. It slaps. <laughs> also in the news, Marvel released their full solicitations on Thursday uh-huh. for June. Not a ton of surprises, except for maybe one little detail. Predator number one is coming out in June by Ed Brisson. Yeah. Uh, they t- they tucked that into the solicits. They didn't actually reveal that in a pre-news piece thing. It's also drawn by Kev Walker. Um, this is a fascinating uh, solicit in that it doesn't really talk about Predator. It talks about a girl who's like lost her family. They were slaughtered. And oh. she has a spaceship, and she's trying to, like, find them or get rev- vengeance yeah I, I it's kind of wild that there wasn't more lead up to this uh for the for this uh announcement but yeah it uh it looks dope i love this whole universe you know the the predator movies are more bad than not but you know so are the alien movies and <laughs> i still love alien so it's right. i mean we're, look we're we're 100 setting up you know wolverine versus alien and predator right like or, or oh, you know, i hope so you know carnage <laughs> versus alien and predator <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. it's it's only a matter of time and i'm here for it what's interesting is it says it's the near future and yet she has a spaceship right. so well we get spaceships soon yeah yeah Elon and you Musk. get a spaceship and you get a spaceship <laughs> yeah Elon oh that's Musk true he's gonna help everyone escape the predator <laughs> <laughs> right um also the news Al Ewing uh, has a new series, or it's a mini series called Gamma Flight. It's a spinoff from what he's been doing in Immortal Hulk. Yep. Um, if if you like Puck, you'll like Gamma Flight. Probably. <laughs> right, I'm in. <laughs> I just love the cover. Puck looks insane. He's just like a <laughs> ball of muscle. Yeah. 
he's he's almost as big as um what's his name's uh ball chain, chain oh creel's chain like thing. giant chain ball yeah he yeah, 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 yeah. He, what do you Puck call that looks thing? like he's about to throw down he does he does uh, and i love that he's like you got to get through this guy you do uh, Marvel also uh, revealed that the Hellfire Gala is totally kicking off, which is a lot yes. like the Met Gala. Yes. So every character has a crazy costume, like a crazy fashionista costume, which is pretty cool. I feel like this is the thing that was discussed in the AIPT Discord more than anything <laughs> else this week, and it deserves it. Like, yeah. I, <laughs> these designs are. Yeah, Dodderman, Russell Dodderman did these designs, and they're also cover variant covers for every issue coming out that month. Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite? I, oh man, I have a few. I love Rogue's like '80s, almost Grace Jones oh, cut yeah, yeah, look. Yeah. Um, uh, I love that Kate Pride stuff is super mm. messy, uh, which is perfect for the character. I love that uh, Warren Worthington is just straight himbo hours. His <laughs> Miami Vice pants and like it's <laughs> quite simple, yeah. I mean, it's it's all about the wings, I guess, huh? I but the to me the the star of the show is Storm's uh, mm, cloud mm-hmm. cape. It's so cool, and those uh, you pointed this out on Twitter. The wedges are unbelievable. They're like her her shoes are shaped like lightning bolts. I was thinking about this the other day because I've been thinking about this wedge a lot. <laughs> is it a wedge? Because it's almost <laughs> a heel. Like it's so close to being. It's. I was worried someone was going to call me out and call me a you know an idiot. <laughs> Rachel definitely has heels, like crazy pointy heels. Yeah, Rachel pointy... cosplaying as Carnage over yes, here. Yes, you're right. At the head is crazy. Every single one of these looks is like it's just cool in its own right. Which I mean, they're all different from each other, which is really neat. I... And Emma Emma Frost has costume changes, yes. which of course she mm-hmm. does. Of course she does. I love it. I love everything about it. Yeah, the it. poofy... If you go to aptcomics.com, by the way, you can look at all of these. <laughs> but uh, her yeah. poofy, like, feather... Is it feather? No, fur. Her fur uh, look is yes. pretty dope. I, I'd, try to, so cool. I'd try to wear that. I love the hat, the the headpiece she has in the, the Marauders yes. cover. It's it. This is such a Gaga oh, look. Right. And I... <laughs> Uh, it's so cool. So yeah, that got people really excited this week. It should have. I'm I'm like trying to figure out how I can recreate some of these looks at home. Like, <laughs> I mean, with with paper and patience, I think you could pull it off. Sure, sure. I also love uh, I love Betsy's poofy sleeves. Oh yeah, yeah. She's got like a baby doll look, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think my favorite might be. I mean, Rogue is pretty good. You know what's funny is I didn't notice she has under boob in this uh, in this costume. I didn't realize that until today. Oh wow, huh? That there is are a details that you just don't notice. You have to like really analyze this stuff. Well, I mean, yeah, and then Angel is Angel is all boob. <laughs> this is true. Just just peck That's city, true. peck peck city. Peck city. <laughs> Come for the fine dining. Uh, <laughs> there's some. There's two Captain America news this uh, this this week in the solicits. First of all, uh, Marvel revealed a new Captain America of the Railways, uh, which will be appearing in the upcoming series, The United States of Captain America, which is out June second. Um, so yeah, this is a. Let me say exactly what it says here. Marvel Comics is proud to honor Pride Month with the rise of this new LGBTQ plus hero, and I think. Don't quote me on this. This is a character from the past. Is that correct? I that I 
don't know. I, I I'm actually, but I I love this. I love this character design. Yeah. Very like scrappy. Put you know a homemade suit, and I just I I love the coveralls or the overalls look. It's it's just it's a it's a fantastic design. I guess with the tattoos, it's probably a modern character, right? I think so. I also think that makes sense. Correct me if I'm wrong. His shield is made out of like a trash can lid or something, or maybe something like a, like yeah. a hubcap. It's so cool. It's it's an incredible design. Yeah, the character definitely like slapped this costume together. They don't have like Tony Stark funding them or anything, right? It it has very it has uh, Grant Morrison, Rags Morales, uh, Superman vibes to me. We were talking about that off mic right before we recorded. Oh I yeah, just, I love the DIY look. What is that? What is that called? Where they uh, the the movie the filmmaker who does uh, a Sweden, the Sweden. Oh films? yeah, the Sweden Sweden <laughs> Captain America. Yeah. Yeah, this is pretty yeah, cool. No, he's he's got a septum ring. He's got some cool tattoos. Like. He a lot looks of ready to party. Windows. It's a cool look. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's too bad there isn't conventions. I'm sure we'll see this cosplayed very soon. Absolutely, I can't wait. Also in Cap News, Tiny Coates will be ending his Captain America run with issue number thirty. I think we all saw this coming. Uh, the he his final Black Panther is coming a month earlier. Oh right. Um, yeah. So they're you know Coates is. We already know from the news he's writing the next Superman for J.J. Uh, Abrams. Right. So likely he's kind of dipping out of comics for a little bit. But his Captain America run, epic, so good. Uh, important kind of storytelling where there's a message. Mm-hmm. And uh, it'll be nice to see how he how he caps it off. How he caps off his Captain. Hey. Hey. I'm here yes. all day. Well, at least for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> In our last bit of Marvel solicit news, Star Wars Pride Month variants are coming as well. Uh, so we already knew they were going to do variant covers across their books, but also the Star Wars books are dipping into it. We only have one so far. Um, it's for Dr. Afra, and it features yeah. Han Solo's ex-wife. Yeah. If you didn't know. Yeah, it's a <laughs> yeah, cool design. Um, yeah, I love that they're doing this. I think it's good. I, th- I mean, we, saw- we talked about this last week, I think. I think it's good that they're doing more Pride stuff than ever. I agree. And I also think, you know, uh, I'm, I'm not going to get too heavily into this, but, you know, th- there's definitely a, a section <laughs> of the Star Wars fandom that is uh, is very toxic. And it's mm-hmm. nice to see it's nice to see Marvel using Star Wars as a platform for inclusion. For sure. Hopefully it'll change minds, uh, make people, uh, you know. Become more um, open-minded. Check these characters out. Appreciate these stories. They're doing good work with these. With they the, are. the the whole Star Wars line has been has been very very good. It has. I can't wait for the event that's starting in June as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do want to. I do want to be clear. I'm not just like fully trashing Star Wars fans because I'm one. <laughs> they all <laughs> suck. Just, un- unfortunately, <laughs> there there's you know a, a very vocal. Uh, section of the fandom that's that's not as fun as the rest i was talking about this with someone this week i was saying there's there's toxicity in every fandom but maybe maybe not ninja turtles fandom maybe not i'm not oh i'm I'm sure i'm sure out there's someone out there who loves ninja turtles and hates marginalized people (laughs) (laughs) just doesn't fucking get it Oh, it happens. Man. I mean, there's people, you know, we have people who were saying keep politics out of X-Men. So, yeah, right. I mean, there's there's folks who just <laughs> don't have any idea what they're reading. 
That's true. That's true. They just like the cool costumes and the action. Right. I guess people can turn their brains off for a chunk of time, even though they're like sitting through it or reading through it. I mean, sure. I I spent most of my week watching cartoons while I was writing because I can just kind of put that on in the background. I get there is a there is a place for escapism, but also mm-hmm. like you know to to completely dismiss uh, the 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 intention of a work is 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 kind of silly to me. There's politics in everything. At the end sure. of the day. Speaking of politics, Rob Liefeld's Archie superhero book is getting a one shot. It's called The Mighty Crusaders, The Shield Number One, out in June. And uh, this kicks off a four issue one uh, series of one shots, which I thought was uh-huh. really weird. I was like, wait, it's a I had so many uh, hyphens in this <sighs> news Four issue right. mini series of one shots. What? So anyway. If you don't know, Rob Liefeld is giving, he's been given the reins from Archie to do their big push to get into superhero comics. Uh-huh. And uh, this uh, Mighty Crusaders, The Shield is the start of that. Um, there's some cool uh, variant covers by some pretty big artists like David Mack. Uh, oh, that Aaron Frank Avila cover looks great. Yes. I wish Frank Avila did more. It's Agreed. been a bit. Yeah. But um, hopefully this helps Archie. I mean, Archie's had some. Hard times, it seems. Like, they can barely put out comics uh, the last year or so. Right. Everybody's everybody's had a rough time, for sure. Yeah. It'll be interesting if this could actually catch uh, on. I'm not sure if people really want another superhero book that looks like Captain America, but that's just right. me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. In, uh, in some big DC news, uh, Newsarama had the scoop uh, that Chris Conroy is taking over the DC Black Label as a, the new boss, they say. Yeah. He's uh, been in the industry for 16 years. It's pretty cool. I saw a lot of creators uh, wishing him well and saying A lot of congratulations. Well mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people very excited to see this. Yeah. Um, who was the DC Black Label uh, editor before? It was, um, shoot, it was Mark Doyle, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Executive editor Mark Doyle. Yeah. Who's now at IDW. Which is funny because Conroy was at IDW. They just switched. <laughs> right. Um, I think the coolest part of this news, I mean, not, not to mention that it's great that Conroy's getting this um, promotion of sorts, but mm-hmm. it shows that DC is legit focusing on Black Label. There was a, there was a period there where I was like worried with at coming in, maybe they were going to just cut Black Label. Oh, right. And like literally just kill Vertigo completely. 100% doesn't exist anymore because essentially mm-hmm. this is Vertigo. Yeah for DC Comics. Uh, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> it really is. Uh, moving on to some more new series reveals. Uh, Image Comics is coming out with two new series in June. One's called Vinyl, and the other one is Compass. But Dave, what's Vinyl about? Jesus, I don't know. <laughs> Go check the article, guy. No, sorry. There's a preview on uh, abccomics.com. You can check it out. But um, it's a new dark comedy horror um, from Doug Wagner and Daniel Hilliard. I wonder if it's about, yeah, it is about uh, music. Yeah. Hey, you like music. I love music. <laughs> Used to make it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, music, serial killers, inhuman monsters, cults. Uh, yes. Kidnapped by wacky. a death cult of all female sunflower farmers. I hate when that happens. Every time. <laughs> and then Compass is uh, by Dave Walker, Robert McKenzie, and it, they're calling it a, an Indiana Jones-style action adventure. Well, I'm sold. I, I I mean, that sounds really fun. If you say Indiana Jones and actually you know deliver on that, I will read it. Yeah. And finally, Boom revealed a new series called Good Luck, a sci-fi series that is coming out in June as well. Um, a lot of new series in June. Is June the time to come out with new books? 
I, yeah, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like everyone's just kind of, it's sort of like the, the thing with free comic book day where everyone's kind of hedging their bets that like, it'll be safe, safer oh. for the most number mm-hmm. of people to be in shops. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we had an exclusive uh, preview of uh, Good Luck, and it so this really sounds fun. really cool. What if luck was kind of quantifiable and something everyone was born with? Everyone except the unfortunates, teenagers born with absolutely zero luck. That is neat. It's <laughs> yeah, like, it's a cool idea. I don't know, like, what would you equate that to in real life if you had? I guess if you had rich parents, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, but I, I this was really cool. So uh, Matt Ehrman was talking about his inspirations uh, for the the universe of the book, and the things he he listed were Annihilation, Talking Head songs, X Men, and Chrono Trigger. <laughs> it was just like, are you are you reading a list of my favorite things? What's happening? <laughs> That's funny. It's it it kind of reminds you these people have to like pitch this stuff, and that's probably something he said in the pitch meeting. Oh, yeah, that's that is a perfect elevator pitch for me. It is. Yeah. Well, that's it for news. Mostly positive. Lots of new books to look forward to in June. Yeah. Now we're going to talk about the books you can look forward to. They're already out and you can go buy them. Oh, my God. This is so <laughs> They're cool. Here. They're already here. We are now in the future and our top books of the week for March mm-hmm. 17th, 24th. What is it? I don't 17th. know. Uh, we're going to talk about our top two favorite books this week. And Nathan, I can't wait to find out what your second favorite book of the week was. Well, you don't have to wait long. It (laughs) was Radiant Black number two, (laughs) written by (laughs) Kyle Higgins, art by Marcelo Costa. Uh, This series is so much fun. We're only, you know, we're we're still early in. So it's kind of the rules are a little nebulous for like what this character can do. But I talked about this last month when number one came out that... I just find the main character so interesting. He's down on his luck. He's moved back in with his parents. He's a struggling writer. His name is Nathan. Don't worry about it. (laughs) We can't trust him. Uh, Right. Um, But yeah, it's, it's interesting because this is a book about a guy who's like found this alien, like super suit, but more of the, the stuff that's so interesting is the, all the character beats. Um, there is this incredible conversation that he has with his dad in this issue where he just tells him like, look, you're right. I need to get a job, but I can't stop writing. I have to write, even if no one's reading it, it's Mm. just important to me. Um, And it's just, it's, it's such a, it's just such a lovely moment and such a, uh, it, it gets right to the heart of how it feels to kind of, you know, be in your late twenties, early thirties and still trying to figure it out again, guys, I'm not, I'm not trying to talk about myself today, but the uh, <laughs> but it's a it's a really fun book. And then when the superhero stuff happens, there's you know the artwork is wild and expressive, and mm. uh, you know very like you can feel the the like ra- the character has like gravity bending powers, and there's like mm-hmm. a floatiness to the the way everything is illustrated. But most of all, it just keeps. Uh, defying expectations mm. uh, the the main character has the police show up at his door after he's you know gotten in to uh, a, a fight with them in the previous issue and they're just like look uh, you expect it to be like oh we're you know just being a couple of assholes we're gonna like arrest you for you know 
disturbing the peace. And instead, they're just like, hey, I don't know how you did the stuff you did, but you should help people. Like, there's just, it's almost like a a backwards version of the usual superhero origin. Right. Everyone else has to talk him into, like, using these powers. Yeah, they want the vigilanteism. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a fun second issue. It's got some cool millennial power rangers vibes and mm-hmm. I, I i just can't recommend it enough yeah no the book looks really cool um that's from image comics yes um uh, my second favorite book of the week was nightwing number 78 it's the first issue by tom taylor and bruno redondo as they've, they've taken over the series um yeah and in a lot of ways it feels like a number one issue in fact i want to commend dc comics for not making this a number one issue <laughs> Yeah, I think it would have been so easy to do that. It really um, could have, especially yeah. with the the you know the mixed reception to the the previous uh, story arc. Sure. Yeah. So if you don't know, these creators also they just came off of Suicide Squad, which was phenomenal. It's so good. Yeah, the best that book has been since Ostrander. Maybe. I mean, it's it's been a while since I've enjoyed Suicide Squad that much. Like the balance of art meeting like dialogue and pace is just so perfect um yeah it's never rushing it's never it's like whiplash are you rushing or are you dragging um right <laughs> neither for these two put that on the on the cover of a trade paperback um there you go this this first issue does a couple things really well obviously the action and art is phenomenal i like how bloodhaven mm-hmm. isn't this dark disgusting terrible place it's brighter right there's pinks in the sky um Nightwing has, he owns a whole building. He's poor, but he owns a whole building, which is an interesting uh-huh. concept. Um, and he, uh, he finds a, a furry friend, a fur baby, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, which adds a different element to the character that we've never really seen before. Uh, he continues to look ripped, have a nice ass, like we all need and want in Nightwing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a really yeah, no touching... Wonder, no wonder Barbara sneaks in. Like, Yeah, that's right. <laughs> She saw it glistening. Um, That's right. <laughs> but there's also some great familial, familial? family vibes to the narrative yeah. uh, involving Alfred and a very important letter. And so it hits all these marks. Uh, it feels so new and different, but also just, I don't know, like the art is just insanely good. I I don't know how you cannot love this book. And I, I saw um, one of the PR people at DC Comics tweeting like it got so uh-huh. many 10 out of 10s. Yeah, and rightfully so. The book is just it's just teeming with life and energy and and a new direction for the character, and it even yeah, opens this, with a flashback. So it's <laughs> right. Yeah, this was very close to being one of my top books of the week, and I, I I can't tell you how how happy I am to see this creative team taking on the character mm. and to have it. I mean, honestly, people who have been following this month to month may feel a little bit of whiplash from, from, uh, you know, coming out of Rick Grayson and going into this. Right. But I, I can't tell you how happy I am to see, uh, Nightwing enjoying what he does again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, it just, as someone who loves these characters so much and, uh, you know, my, I, I'm a huge Batgirl fan. So Barbara's part in this story was, was, really important to me yeah i this was a this was a fantastic kickoff to this run yeah i I, i'm curious to see how long they go for if it's finite or if they'll they'll go on forever i know a lot of people were hoping for these two to maybe jump on like green arrow or something because tom taylor's oh tom taylor needs to write a green arrow black canary series like immediately everything he's done with those characters from injustice to deceased like i i need that series Mm -hmm. for sure 
Oh, what was your favorite book of the week? My favorite book of the week was Ultra Mega, number one. Ultra Mega! Written, written and drawn by James Heron, um, with colors by Dave Stewart. This book is just insane. Yeah, it is, it's It's genuinely the, the wildest thing I've read in forever. One of the best uh, number ones I've read in I don't know how long. Um, it is an it's an extra sized issue, sixty pages, and it really uses every single bit of that real estate to set its world, uh, set its world and its characters up. There is a virus that is turning people into kaiju, um, and there's three people in the world who can sense it and then transform into a, an Ultraman type uh, Sentai hero to fight the kaiju, but a indiscretion from the main character's past catches up to them mm. and there are there are some wild like dark humor insane body horror like cronenberg level gross shit is on every page of this book mm-hmm. and and even then it feels almost mythical there is a I couldn't believe the huge swings that were happening in this book. The final page or the final few pages, it's almost a completely different series already than from what you thought you were getting when you started. Mm -hmm. It's, it's fantastic. uh, And is just, I can't think of anything else on the shelf. That's like it. There's, there's been a resurgence of this kind of, uh, Sentai kaiju action in comics and movies and animated series and stuff, but this is this is definitely its own beast. I know some people have said like, "Oh, it looks like Ultraman, but just a little different, so it can do its own thing." Does it feel like Ultraman at all? It does not. Uh. Trust me, this <laughs> is like this is like if uh, this is like if what is the what is the best way to describe this? It's um, it's like Ultraman meets Beowulf. Like it's <laughs> like this like Grand Guignol level insane violence and darkness mixed with a a lead character that just kind of is so tired of what he's doing that you you feel like this is that you feel like there's so much history packed into this book and it Mm. doesn't feel like the pacing is perfect it doesn't feel overly dense but there's a ton of information being communicated on every page exposition is uh is is a tricky thing to pull off because it can be really boring if done wrong they nail it uh, uh james heron completely nails it in, in this this first issue nice yeah I, I was able to read it as well and it's uh i had to show my partner a couple of pages i was like what do you think of this she's like oh god disgusting oh uh, yeah the 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 lady <laughs> made of maggots oh that was that was one of my favorite gross out moments wild yeah that was really weird wild you won't find maggots in my maggots in my favorite comic of the week iron man number seven yeah. by christopher cantwell cafu and color by frank diamata so this is a series that is definitely a slower boil more like a television show if you might if if, if you will um right but in that it's it sort of builds on character. It builds on expectation. It feels more real than something that's super outlandish for superheroes. And yet it is a superhero book. So pairing those two things together makes it more rich in a way. This issue, I called it almost perfect. Uh, The only fault of it is possibly the fact that it, it does have the failings of a serial story where if you didn't read the first six issues, you sure won't fully enjoy this. There's some other little things, but Mostly, this is a really, really good book. It cleverly uh, has our heroes confront the main villain, uh, and yet they aren't necessarily 
truly confronting. It's like a great way, I don't want to spoil it, but it's a great way to have them interact in a way that isn't the final showdown, but it feels important okay. still. Because like that's hard to pull off, I think. Nice. It actually opens with uh, Iron Man helping Rhodey. Uh, they're, they're gearing up their suits for maximum punchability. Uh, they're talking about PSIs and... Rhodey's like, yo, you got your arm set so that like if you punch a wall, it'll blow your arm up. Like if it get if it meets <laughs> yes. a force that's that's unstoppable. Yeah, doesn't he say like your heart will pop or something yes, like that? Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. and Korvac can potentially make himself as hard as like diamond, but Right. We we don't know. Yeah, so this the series gets into or this issue gets into that confrontation. It builds towards that. There is a confrontation, and then it completely throws you for a loop with the ending where you're like, what is happening? And nice. The final page. Uh, I can spoil this. There's like these random alien characters that are confronting Tony Stark. And he's like, mm-hmm. they're talking to him and they're like, what are you doing here? Whatever. And he's like, are you Canadian? Is that a Canadian accent? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like on this far away alien planet we've never seen before. So yeah, it's uh, that's hilarious. It's, it's, it still has humor here and there. There's a great scene where, um, Tony's ragtag group of heroes, which include mm-hmm. uh, like, you know, Ben Riley, Scarlet Spider and Frogman. Um, <laughs> they're talking about yeah. like, what's our superhero team name? Like they're, they're just like shooting the shit. Like it's stuff that you might say if you were in a superhero oh, yeah. story. Like, uh, are we the God fighters? Are we? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a fun scene. But then Gargoyle throws in some fucking knowledge on us. And he's like, he basically is just like in, in a calm way has them reflect on things and uh it's a it's a great way to spin some comedy into again stake raising storytelling right so yeah it's a, it's a dope book i think people will read the first this is uh the second arc so they'll, yeah. they'll read the first two arcs and i think they'll see it's 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 quite unique and it's really good at making pushing t- tony in, in different ways that feel mm-hmm. genuine it's not like it's you know, just throwing something at us. It, it builds uh, in, in um, believable ways. A story that, For sure. you know, is they're, they're literally chasing a, a um, they're, they're in a spaceship going fast in the speed of light, chasing a guy who wants to become God. So <laughs> yeah, adding realism to that is a tricky, a tricky uh, thing. Absolutely. Yeah. No, the, the, the dialogue in this series has been a huge, uh, huge plus for me. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. It doesn't ever feel like wasted or just, you know, throw away. Right. Moving on to our next segment, top books for next week. We're going to talk about our most anticipated book out next week. And we both picked Batman. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> we did. Yeah. Surprise. I went with uh, Detective Comics number 1034. Or do you call it 1034? What would you call it? Uh, well, I, I Yeah. <laughs> I, I, my eyes, like, glaze over when I see numbers that big. So I'm just like, detective, new one. Like I just yell it. You know what's funny is they don't they don't have a, a comma after the one. So it's it's kind of like, is it ten is it one thousand? I guess it is one thousand. It's still one thousand. Yeah. yeah. Anywho, uh this is Mariko <laughs> Tamaki and Dan Moira's uh first foray with yeah. the character after Future State, which they did a impeccable job with. This also sure. has a backup featuring Damian Wayne by Josh Williamson and Gleb Melnikov. So if you're highly anticipating their uh, new series, Robin, which is coming out soon, uh, this gives you a taste of that. Um, I, I cheated again, and I got to read this early. It's it's quite oh, good. Nice. Uh, if you've been frustrated with the whole plot with Gotham being anti-vigilantes, uh-huh. this plays into that storyline. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I wasn't saying you per se. No, uh-huh. uh, no, it gets into that and um, it picks up those threads 
in a way that's natural and um, isn't like jumping ahead or anything. So it's playing into that whole element, which is neat. And of course, I don't know if you don't know if you know this, but or not, but Bruce Wayne doesn't have any money anymore. He's actually poor. Right. And this issue introduces the fact that he lives in an apartment building in the city, in like a suburban kind of city area, mm-hmm. and he has neighbors now. So there's an yeah. introduction of um, normal, regular people that live amongst him. So it's a different dynamic for Batman, nice. who usually lives in that you know in his mansion out out in the middle of nowhere, and he gets to tinker. Now he can't necessarily just tinker because he's got. Now he works at a Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> he does, and people come over and they're like, hey, "Do you have any sugar?" And he's got a battering in his hand. He's like, "I'll give you some tokens if you leave." <laughs> Want some tickets? Uh, what is your most anticipated book of the week? Uh, my most anticipated book of next week is Batman Black and White number four. Um, I, and for one reason in particular, Gotham Academy is one of my favorite books, uh, from DC in the last several years. Mm. And this issue features a story by Carl Kershaw, um, that brings back, uh, one of the main characters from that series, uh, Maps Mizuguchi, and she becomes Batman's new Robin in this, uh, issue, which is really fun. Yeah. Cause she was always, uh, she, she would dress up as Robin. She like had a crush on Damian Wayne in the series. <laughs> like it's really, it's really fun to see this character back. But also beyond that, uh, it's Chip Zdarsky and Nick Bradshaw have a Poison Ivy story in this issue. Uh, Josh Williamson and Riley Rossmo are doing a, a, what apparently is like a horror story mm. uh, done in like Batman's POV. I, I think is at least according to the solicit, it seems to be like leaning that way. Yeah. Uh, Becky Cloonan and Terry Dodson have a murder mystery. Daniel Warren Johnson has a two face story. Uh, it's just a, it is a, crazy good lineup of talent Mm. Uh, and i've this has been this whole series has been knocking it out of the park for me Mm -hmm. even the stories that don't fully work uh in previous issues have been interesting and like have cool like concepts to them that i still can recommend people checking them out um but yeah 90 percent of the reason i'm looking forward to this is to return to gotham academy for you know eight pages or whatever oh for sure it's interesting. Do you? Here's a, here's a crazy question. Do you think DC uh, makes more money on this because they don't have to pay for the, the ink, the color ink? <laughs> I can't imagine. I mean, whatever they are saving <laughs> in the ink, they're they're losing in thirty extra pages per issue. That's true. That's true. Nick Bradshaw's take on Batman is pretty cool. He has a different kind of. Um, do you call them ears? Uh, you call them ears, right, on his head? Yeah. Yeah, ears. Okay. Yeah, I call them ears. I, I guess they're ears, right? I don't know. He doesn't really hear out of them, though, does he? Were you thinking, like, what What else would you call them? Horns? Horns, uh, yeah, maybe. How come he... No, they're ears. How come he doesn't use them like horns? He should be using it like a ram, you know? Like, he head did first. In, uh, didn't he do that in the Nolan movies? Didn't he have, like, some kind of weird echolocation bullshit? Oh, no, I mean, like, he puts his head down and runs into the enemies. Oh, first. yeah. Sure, like a charging bull. Yeah, exactly. That bull. I just feel like I have a lot of great story ideas. <laughs> uh, yeah, DC, you can have the bat bull concept for free. There you go. In the end, yeah. Okay, sorry. I'm not going to keep going. Uh, <laughs> Batman versus Carnage, you know? He has to just rush Carnage all the time because he's red. Well, yeah. Yeah, and Carnage. <laughs> I like this. I like uh, this. Let's workshop jokes. it off, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> 
In our next segment, judging by the cover, Junior, we're going to talk about our favorite cover art out this week or next week, actually. Uh, yeah, I went with Carnage, Black, White, and Blood Number One by Ryan Otley. There's a bunch of variant covers for this. Yeah, uh, as since it is a, uh, a number one issue, uh, Otley on Carnage, pretty cool. I kind of wish he got to draw Carnage in his run with uh, Expenser, but that's neither here nor there. The coolest thing right. about this cover is how he's sitting on webs, but he's like, mm-hmm. I don't know what would you call it. Um, jettisoning uh, blood out of his arms <laughs> yeah it's like he's shooting blood out of himself um it's, it's right wild. i mean that's always kind of been the carnage deal is that like oh he's shooting webs but it looks like yeah blood. or like the goopy symbioteness you know? of it is um right what's interesting yeah that you make a good point because the, the 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 defining thing of carnage is that he can throw blades like he can shoot blades whereas yeah. venom can't because he has to be connected to it to Mm-hmm. So here he's shooting blood, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you know, just just spray in the bad guy, spray in, spray in the heroes. <laughs> he's definitely a, a good character for this model of black, white, yeah. and red only. Right. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That, I mean, that's got to be at least 10% of the decision. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's a cool cover, though. It looks metal as hell. I mean, they've always kind of paired Carnage with uh, heavy metal or punk rock mm. uh, in the comics. So I... I, I dig it. It's it's over the top, and that works for the character. The use of white to to create the a sense of volume and light is really w- well done on this cover as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. What is your favorite cover of the week? My favorite cover was an odd one. Uh, <laughs> I love Scotty Young's variant cover for Alien Number One. Mm. It's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, you know, uh, this cute little uh, astronaut with a xenomorph like perched on top of his head and he's dripping acid drool down. Um, But I I feel like it's still like is thing I love about Young's artwork is is simplistic as the character models are Mm -hmm. or they seem to be. You know, there's a cutesy art style, but everything is very well detailed. There's all these little Mm -hmm. wires and and uh, screws and stuff on the on the astronaut's helmet and suit. Um, and weirdly enough, this like tiny xenomorph looks beefy as hell. <laughs> he's got big shoulders. Yeah. He's looks swole. Um, but yeah, I, uh, you know, all of the variant covers are different, you know, scary poses of a xenomorph or like, you know, perching on a bunch of skulls or sneaking up on somebody or, uh, uh, an egg bursting and, a, you know, face hugger jumping out. And then this one is just kind of like, oh, shucks, there's a monster on top of me. Yeah, I love the scale of it because he's yeah. the alien is stumpy, but like it gets all of the anatomy right, right? Like the tail's a little stumpy yes. too. Yeah, exactly. I love. I also love the the kind of ill fitting suit. Like mm. the astronaut's got like buckles on the bottom, and the oh yeah, the uh, this the the fabric is kind of like ballooning out over his feet, and then it almost looks like a turtleneck on the top. Like yeah, that's um, true. I don't know. There's just some really fun little details here, and again, it's weirdly cute, but also upsetting. <laughs> right. I want to know uh, what Young's process is like. Was this like sketch forty five? Was this sketch one? How quick does he work? Right. Because it, I have no idea. The sim- yeah, you you hit the nail on the head. Like, it, there's a simplicity to it, but you can tell it didn't it didn't necessarily take, you know, one minute to make, or it took a master right. oh, to sure. make it. Right. Right. Yeah, the composition's really good. I love how it says parental advisory on the cover as well, even though it's cute. 
<laughs> right. Yeah. They're just like, hey, no, this isn't this isn't a, ki- a kid's book. This is not Calvin and Hobbes with <laughs> you know, aliens. If you uh, if you go to aptcomics.com, you can see the full cover uh, that we just talked mm-hmm. about. But in our next segment, yes, off topic, top shelf, we're going to talk about the Snyder Cut, and we're going to give ourselves. Let me see here, f- four minutes and since two the, seconds. Yeah, sen- <laughs> right. Since the movie is four hours and two minutes, we're going to condense it. All of our thoughts, four minutes, two seconds. If we go, we can't go over. So make your points. <laughs> now, if we wanted to be even truer to the film. Okay. We now we don't have to do this, but we would do two minutes and then do four minutes and two seconds. We would do two minutes of actual talking, but two minutes uh-huh. of pause, no talking. You know what I'm saying? Okay. But we we don't yeah, need to or do we that. can slow slow down because <laughs> that'd be boring as hell. Yeah. Uh, similar to the first hour of this film. Oh my god, I already got started. Let me just sit this thing here. <laughs> do you want to go first? Uh, yeah. I mean, you can cut me off if you want. to. Okay, ready and timer. go. Okay, so the first hour of this movie is a slog. So boring. Um, I really thought that I was two hours in, and I looked at the clock, and I was literally an hour and eight minutes in. That being said, the second that uh, Cyborg enters the picture, the movie becomes interesting. Yeah. There are still a lot of problems with the overall structure. I think that the length is a definite problem. Uh, and there are times where I feel like he just kind of, they used all of the footage that was shot regardless of if it added anything to the story. That being said, Ray Fisher, 100%, uh, if I was him, I would be furious that my entire story arc was gutted as well. He is almost the main character of the film. Yeah. (laughs) And even though the cyborg effects can occasionally be very janky, I think his performance is really interesting. He's super dialed in the whole time. He gets to do some incredible things. Same thing with The Flash, I, although I do not enjoy Ezra Miller's performance, and I think the the jokes for him are cringeworthy. There's so much to his character that was completely removed from the movie. There's an incredible time travel sequence. Yeah. There is, there's just so much stuff that I just can't believe was actually shot and then not used. Um, I have an issue with the level of violence in the film, uh, and that's not, I, and I like violent movies, but when I'm talking about superheroes, I don't necessarily want to watch them decapitate people. Yeah. Seeing Superman uh, <laughs> do something that vicious is so not Superman. Well, and that's the thing is like, this was supposed to be the culmination of his arc from man of steel to becoming the true Superman. And the first thing we see is him dismember a guy. Right, <laughs> so, right, right, right. <laughs> or start to anyway. Um, that being said, I still really, I will go to, I will stand for Ben Affleck as Batman till the day I die. Uh, problematic person, great Batman. <laughs> so, I still think he should have used uh, the Boston accent, though. Oh yeah, yeah. This is Alfred. He's wicked smart. Uh, I'm not wearing yeah, there's, hockey there's mask. A, there's a <laughs> there's a lot to like yeah. about the second half of the movie, yes. and I think with some more edits, there is a, a okay uh, two and a half hour flick there. Yeah, I have a minute and 43. Um, Fuck. Yeah, no, 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 it's okay. Uh, the, the the fact of the matter is there. there's a scene early on with Wonder Woman. There's four extra minutes of our, uh, pretty much four min- extra minutes of our bad guys entering a bank or whatever, walking around. Just walking. It's unnecessary. Yeah. And that happens throughout the film where it's like, why is the sh- why are they not cutting away from this right now? We don't need to linger right. so long. I also found the music quite jarring it's good at times but it's also just so jarring and out of place at times 
as if they had like no budget by the time they got done with the special the new special effects that they were like okay just let's jam in some new uh some new songs or some new guttural sounds from Wonder Woman's uh, Amazonians yeah Junkie XL's score is excellent but then there's like there's like three Nick Cave songs in the movie yeah <laughs> it's, and it's, it's very strange that's it's like it's trying to let the music fix a problem you can't necessarily fix with what they had to work with or whatever right um, but yeah, the ending is far superior. Cyborg comes out better. Flash comes out better. It makes you want a Flash or Cyborg movie, which is kind of the whole point of a movie like this to make you want more, right? Sure. Uh, but I did not like the Nightmare epilogue. It seemed unnecessary to me. Um, and it's just awkward for numerous reasons. For instance, Mero speaking in a British accent. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just like the film stands alone and that's fine. And if you like it, that's good. But as like a yeah. part of a universe, it's like it's just all over the place. And I didn't I didn't get that. Yeah. Yeah, I I'm glad it exists. I think that it's, uh, you know, regardless of some of the things that led to it being made, I think it's it's a fascinating. OK, you're done. Film hist- OK, <laughs> but I'm going to stop you before you can start getting too complimentary of it. <laughs> right, right. I got you. No, yeah, it's, it, I, I, yeah, okay. Well, yeah, that, those were the rules we set out. <laughs> yeah, so uh, are there other superhero films you would wish for a, a director's cut? Any other? Oh. You know, any other, it could be Marvel, it could be anything. It could be Spawn. Interesting. Do you want the Todd McFarlane um, cut? The Todd McFarlane cut. Oh, you. so you mean any other directors I'd like to just make another movie? Or? <laughs> no, 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 uh, yeah, no, like, yeah, if a director was like, if there was a film where you wanted more of it, let's say you wanted two more hours sure. of Avengers Endgame, although that already is three hours, I think. Uh, yeah. wh- what film would it be and why? Okay, there's two. Okay. Um, I'd like, I'd like. It's not really superheroes, but I'd like a uh, a longer cut of the Dylan Dog movie. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, yeah, nice, nice. Uh, and uh, possibly one that's like closer to the comics because they had to make a lot of weird choices mm-hmm. for copyright reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, I'd love to spend another couple hours with Keanu Reeves as John Constantine. (laughs) Right. It's, it's, uh, it's a, it's not necessarily like, it's not a literal adaptation, but there's, I think that movie is so much better than people give it credit for. Haven't they said they're, 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 they might do a sequel or something with him? There's been hints at it. Uh, Peter Stormare has said a few times that he's been like talking about playing Lucifer again for something. Mm -hmm. Um, Although with HBO Max developing uh, a Hellblazer series now, I don't know how realistic that movie is. And honestly, I'd, I'd rather watch a long form Hellblazer series right. than, than uh, you know, a, another movie. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think those would be my two. I would, I would go with... Um, <laughs> what directors... I mean, there's so many, especially when it comes to like indie... Uh, comic movies uh-huh. like V for Vendetta. Do you want more of that? I don't know. Um, I would go with. No. Um, <laughs> I really like the Phantom growing up. I feel like if that was longer and more yeah. violent, it'd be way better. <laughs> the Phantom is a oh, man. The Phantom is such a weird thing because it, it it technically is like a really good adaptation of the pulp comics, right? But it just. It just doesn't work as like a 90s swashbuckling movie. Mm-hmm. It's so strange. You know who was almost the Phantom? It came down between Billy Zane and Bruce Campbell. Oh, really? That's cool. And I'd love to visit the alternate, the nightmare reality, if you yeah. will. 
where uh, Bruce Campbell got to play uh, the Phantom. My my honest pick though would be Scott Pilgrim versus the World. I would like more of that. Um, I, I'm not okay. sure how you would expand it necessarily because they kind of cover all their bases. Uh, I'd rather have a animated movie that mm. like covers the whole thing. Uh, but yeah, or an animated series. Yeah. What if you find out Zack Snyder's going to make the Mask with Jim Carrey, but it's going to be violent, three and a half hours long? Oh, what would you man. do? Actually, the first half of that sounds good to me. Like, maybe not super long, but I I would love to see a horror movie version of of The Mask. You know, I've, I've told you this off mic. I think Snyder's uh, Dawn of the Dead remake is really mm-hmm. good. And, uh, you know, I, I think maybe there's there's probably some horror movie purists who are going to come after me for that. But I... I and don't get me wrong, the original is a masterpiece, but there's some there's some really interesting choices that he makes in that remake, and I think it's genuinely scary. Yeah, so instead of the son of Mask, we get, um, like, the Mask granddad, but he's like a murderer. I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, you know, the Mask fought the Joker in the comics, so we could just get... Leto! Leto. Yes! <laughs> yes, we could do so many jokes. That might be the quickest way to get me to not watch a movie is to put Jared Leto in it. I I don't know. (laughs) I don't know that there's many more deterrents, like cinematic deterrents for me. Did you see he was on uh, Stephen Colbert this week? Oh, yeah. Was he talking about society? You you don't know about this. He wore a Uh, Mm T-shirt. What's the line exactly? We live in a society where we live in a society on his shirt. Yeah. He apparently he ad libbed that and Snyder cut it out of the movie. He was just like, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't think we're going to keep that. Oh yeah, that's right. Cause it was in the trailer, but not in the film. I will say, and I know that this, this isn't discussing the film itself. I will say that I, I love, um, the, the dedication at the end. And I think that it's great that they are using this movie as a platform for, uh, suicide prevention and awareness. Yeah, uh, did you catch like there was advertisements for anti? Yeah, there was. There's a there's a there's a poster or a billboard midway through the movie, and I I thought that was a really nice touch. Um, yeah, I I man, I don't know if it was like just Stockholm syndrome or what, but I by the, by the end of that, I was like, you know what, I'm I'm glad I watched this. Yeah. I you know, it's not my ideal version of the DC Comics universe, but I'm I'm. I'm glad I watched it. I'm glad that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad that the actors who put so much time and effort into building these characters got to actually see their work. Right. Uh, on screen, you know, uh, particularly Ray Fisher. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, the, the fact that they were like robbed in a sense with the original cut. Uh, for and, sure. Yeah. Like you said, like they, they, when you do a superhero film, it's like years of your life devotion. Right. Uh, in other news, I, I saw I yeah. saw that there is an NC seventeen version of Mrs. Doubtfire, and I need to see this cut. And I think we all should we should start using yeah. the hashtag release the Mrs. Doubtfire cut. Yeah, yeah. There's so apparently he did. Rob Williams did so many ad libs that they they were like, if we wanted to, we could cut together like an an NC seventeen version of the movie. And I was like, do it. Fucking do it. My first thought was like, is it just lines? Which it probably is, like Aladdin, right? Yeah. Or does yeah. Mrs. Doubtfire go down a dark path where someone finds out the oh. truth and and then uh, Miss Doubtfire has to kill them, hide the body, yeah. and then she feeds it to her own family because she realizes yeah. 
that she could get okay. rid of the evidence, but also make a you know really great meal after all of the culinary skills that they gained throughout right. the film. Yeah, and then and then Mrs. Doubtfire goes on uh, on uh, Robert De Niro's talk show, and he's like, "You're you're laughing. You chopped up a guy, fed it to your family, and you're laughing. You think it's funny." Mm. And that's when he's. I do. Yes. I'm tired of pretending it's not. How do you do that British accent? And then she has to say something like, um, "Not well." He got what he deserved, or something like that, right? Yeah. Hollywood, are you listening? <laughs> I think that uh, in five years, when we find all these great ideas we had this episode, uh, yeah, there's there's going to be a comumpus. <laughs> we're going to make a lot of money because we're going to make some lawsuits. If you made it this far, thank you for listening. Please like, subscribe. <laughs> uh, you know what's funny is I noticed we don't have a lot of likes. We don't have a lot of reviews. And uh, you guys can help us out. Uh, more of those can yeah. uh, help spread the word on the show. And also tell your friends, of course. Even though we're all sort of almost about to get our vaccines, uh, please still wear your mask. Yeah, stay safe, everybody. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye.